Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the 12 Questions Podcast. My name is Jeff Gluck. I work for The Athletic, and each week I ask the same 12 questions to a different race car driver. Up next is Ben Rhodes, the defending Camping World Truck Series champion. And I got to tell you, this is uh, this is a good one. This is a good one right here. I really hope you'll enjoy this one. I think uh, if you give it a listen, um, you'll see what I'm talking about. We get kind of deep at times on this one. He has uh, some fascinating bits of his life story that I, I did not know about at all and is definitely uh, unique from most of the other race car drivers you will hear from. Um and uh, I don't want to spoil it. I definitely want to uh, get right into it. So let's go ahead and do that. 12 questions with Ben Rhodes. All right. I'm here with Ben Rhodes. And Ben, I'm, I'm so happy to do this again. Um, you know, uh, three years ago, you were nice enough to come on. I, I was doing the, the Patreon thing with jeffgluck.com. You did a patrons-only podcast. And I went back and listened to that uh, this morning about how your life was back then. And it's cool to see... Uh, you know, things have, things have gotten better. Things have, uh, things are going in the right direction for you. So that's good. I'm thanks for coming back. Yeah, they have, um, they've changed since then, which is great. I, you know, everything's been changing for the better. I'm, um, definitely, definitely happy where everything's at in my career now and, and where we're at the truck series, even points. We're not bad currently as we're speaking. So yeah. Hey, thanks for having me back three years. I can't believe it. That's been kind of a long time. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, this year's questions, number one is, uh, how do you feel about people reclining their seats on airplanes? You know, I'm really not, I'm really not that bothered by it. I'm really not. Uh, you know, what gets me more bothered on airplanes is when, and I, it was just, I was just ranting to my wife about this. Cause it's like one of my biggest pet peeves. <laughs> We're flying back from Vegas and this happens every flight we we go to get up off the plane and the people from the rows behind you get up and they start trying to push past you and they won't let you get out of your seat to get off the plane. And as soon as you get off the plane, they're standing in the jet bridge, not to collect baggage or anything. They're just standing there waiting for somebody else or they're confused <laughs> and they're looking at their phone, trying to figure out where they need to go. It's like efficiency, <laughs> like manners. You pushed past me and we're all rude for absolutely zero reason just to be in the way when I'm trying to get back off the plane. Oh, just oh, here I am. I'm ranting again. Sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> I, I totally get that. I mean, if you're in row 10 and it's your turn to get out of the seat and somebody from row 12 or 13 is like, well, I'm just going to take this opening and blast past you or whatever. And you're like, well, I, you know, excuse me. Like it's let, let's go in orderly fashion here. Yeah. And I'm not slow to get out of my seat. I'd want off the plane. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm getting up as soon as the next person is there. I mean, I'm halfway standing up already, but Gosh, that seems to be like a more and more um, common occurrence. It seems like people are getting more, I don't know, rude to one another, like less manners. Mm -hmm. So 
I don't know. I mean, I guess I sound like an old guy when I say that, but manners are nice sometimes. I mean, let's let's have a little respect in society. <laughs> no, you you've said you're an old soul before, so uh, well, you know that makes sense. Okay, did I say that in the last twelve questions? Uh, no, you said that uh, a few years ago uh, when we were talking that, that you said your fiance at the time, fiance now wife, uh, said that you were an old soul about something. So that's true. I I, I concur. <laughs> hasn't changed um <laughs> how often do you get recognized at the grocery store well here's the funny part right is i don't live in charlotte or mooresville like the other guys so i'm not running into other racers that i know i'm not running into anybody i've worked with in the past i'm not running into really anybody from the racing industry i mean i'm pretty well isolated in my community and i i, I get i get recognized every once in a while um, but I really do a good part of staying incognito. <laughs> I, I usually, when I go out, you know, I'm, I'm not having fully branded. Hello, I'm Ben Rhodes gear on, you know, it's, it's, it's more incognito. I'm wearing stuff. You probably wouldn't expect me to wear. Uh, I usually go golf or mostly emo. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could see Ben Rhodes, uh, going all black and just, Dropping into the into the grocery store, yeah, sure, why not? I'm I'm not goth or emo, but uh, coincidentally, I do wear mostly black clothes. Uh, my wife and I both do. We're very plain Jane. Okay, well, that's a good fit then for each other. Yeah, and yeah. that it's your high school sweetheart, right? So you know you've grown together, and you know you have the same styles and whatever. It's, it's all good. You, you won't catch us wearing stripes. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. <laughs> Uh, ben, on a scale of one to 10, how good are you at replying to text messages in a timely manner? Terrible. Terrible. Oh, one. Really? I'm a one. Oh yeah. What and maybe I'm that? being hard on myself, but I've got seven text messages on my phone right now that wait, I'm on my phone. So wait, I just looked for my phone. I'm on it. I'm such a <laughs> dummy. Uh, um, yeah, I got seven on my phone right now that I haven't replied back to. And I know they're at least a day old. Mm-hmm. That's pretty terrible. Yeah. Um, I mean, is, is it a habit? Like, is that normal? Yeah. Yeah, that's normal. It's not because I don't, I'm ignoring people, although it sounds like that. I literally just made myself sound like that. Um, <laughs> I'm not trying to ignore them. I just, I don't know. I get distracted and, and then I don't make it a priority sometimes to text back maybe, or if it's like a text message where, you know, they're sending something to me and, you know, I would just write back. Okay. I, I sometimes don't do that. That's not good. I mean, I try. Yeah. Yeah. I try, but I'm maybe not the best at it. I like, I like phone call discussions. So oh, usually okay. I'll call people. Yeah. I'm a caller. I mm. call a lot of people and I don't really like texting. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. See another old soul type situation. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Uh, what is the best way to get out of a conversation with someone who won't stop talking? Squirrel. <laughs> oh, squirrel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Um, oh man, I'm sorry. I got a real bad case of diarrhea. Uh, no, no, I'm joking. Oh yeah, this is hard to tell you a serious conversation about this. Um, I I am terrible at that, so I typically just start. I just keep talking, and we don't get out of the conversation. Uh, and usually when I'm driving, I know who those people are that can talk and have that are very well gifted in gab. And I will call them up and my, my trip just goes by fast and I'll be on a call with one person for at least an hour. Uh, I'll be on the next call with another person forever. So I'm not good at that. I don't have the skill of ending conversations. That's why PR people are a must around me. 
Oh, there you go. Yeah, you need somebody <laughs> to sort of be the bad guy and step in and be like, oh, I'm sorry, he's got to go. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I don't end the conversations. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Um, if you could only pick one form of social media to use and drop all the rest, which would it be? Probably, I'm on Twitter the most, uh, only because I like to read it for like news and stuff, but I probably tweet uh, the least. Uh, no, that's not fair. I would drop Facebook because I don't really, I don't like the interface of Facebook. I find it kind of clunky, especially mm -hmm. when you like have a page and you're trying to like go through the page. I find it very clunky. Um, and you got to go through a personal account to get to, I'm like, what? It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. So Facebook would be gone. Instagram. Uh, I like looking at pictures. I'm visual, but long, long answer short, Twitter. Okay. Okay. You, yes. and you're not a big social media guy in general, mm. but yeah, I guess that goes back to that old soul thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'd rather meet people. I'd rather make my FaceTime FaceTime. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Understood. What advice would you give someone who is having a hard time getting over a mistake they've made? Uh, well, I think the biggest thing that I found is that time, well, time cures all, uh, time also heals. So I immediately go after my dopamine. So whatever makes me happy, boom, I'm going for it. <laughs> so if that is eating a certain food or whatever, maybe that's bad. I get it. Some people like to eat food, maybe more than others. I don't know. I just try to do something that I know is going to make me happy, not necessarily a reward, but something that's going to make me feel a little better at the time. And then, um, then I immediately try to get back on the horse. And then I just realized that, Hey, time, time will cure the mistakes and don't do anything rash or unreasonable right now. I've done that in the past and it's not good. <laughs> so, so just be patient and try to call a family or some friends, talk about it. Just good people around you. I see that, uh, that seems to help me the most. Okay. Uh, so this next one's a wild card question where I'm, I'm mixing up for each person. And as I mentioned, um, you know, we, we did that podcast conversation three years ago. We were just talking about all sorts of things. And I had asked you what your week was like. And at the time you were, you were taking night classes for HVAC and you were balancing that with sponsorship and your home life and driving from Sandusky to Louisville and North Carolina and all this stuff. So I wanted to check back in with you on that same question. Um, what is your, what is your week like now? What is your daily life like now? Yeah. Um, well still hectic, I guess. And I'm looking at a schedule over here. So I, this is a lot easier to answer than the last time. Uh, I'm no longer doing HVAC classes. I'm no longer going to Sullivan university, uh, and, and doing all that. I got all my certifications, um, didn't really pursue it. I, I could go after like, you know, uh, an apprenticeship or something, but obviously I wouldn't be racing to do that. So, um, since then I've kind of been learning as much as I can when I'm in Sandusky, uh, whether it's in the race shop or spending time with, with Duke Thorson. And, um, I've learned a lot from Crafton as well. You, everybody knows that he has his seal coating and, and paving business. And I've done the same thing now with my, my family. So, um, myself, my dad, my, my parents, and really my whole family's kind of involved. We have a, um, paving company now in Kentucky. Wow. So like last week before heading to Vegas, I was hauling asphalt. So I was driving. So it's hard to get, it's hard to get good drivers sometimes. Like, you know, because you're doing all you can just to get good. Pay it's hard to get people right now as it is. So getting good paving operators, getting good people to work on the crew. What I can do is I can try to fill in in different positions. So I was hauling asphalt last week since I have my CDL. So I would go from the plant to here and I would hop out and do what I can at the job, go back and get more. 
um, Hall Rock, if it's a prep prep deal, I'll do sales. Um, so I try to do that during the week as much as I can. I go to the simulator. We have a new day every week is Thursdays, no Tuesdays for the simulator. So I don't go every week. I went a lot last year. Uh, and last year we were doing it on Mondays, which meant I had to fly down on Sundays. So I would spend like a day and a half to two days in Charlotte just to do the simulator because of my travel. Uh, and then obviously I'm, I, I still go to Sandusky about every two weeks and I spend about three days in Sandusky. Uh, and now actually I'm going, I'm in Sandusky now and I'll be back next week for another three days. So I'm, I'm one to three weeks. I'm in Sandusky, uh, for multiple days. I'm home, I'm paving. Um, we hadn't really announced anything yet, but, uh, we have a, a baby on the way now, which is exciting. So, wow. Congrats. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Well, it goes back to that whole old soul thing. Like, I didn't really, me and her both are like, yeah, we don't really feel like doing an announcement on Twitter or anything. We'll just kind of show up to the racetrack with a baby one day and people will, I guess, ask if it's ours or not. And we'll be like, yeah, it's our baby. We made this. So that's, wow. yeah. When, when do you guys do? Uh, August. Oh, wow. Wow. That's going to be big life change. Yeah. Yeah. Right in time for the playoffs. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Congrats. That's, that's super exciting. Yeah, thank you. So I'm going to have fun balancing baby, business, simulator, and Sandusky now. Um, she's been on me. She's like, we got we to get like a travel trailer or something so that I can go to these races and bring baby with us. And, you know, we can bring puppy and baby and all this stuff. And it's like, oh, I, I still got to get a little sleep every now and again. It'd be nice to have a little sleep at the track before, <laughs> before yeah. the race. <laughs> yeah, I feel you on that. Yeah, absolutely. What's, yeah, what's your paving company keywords. called? Uh, Commonwealth Paving. Okay. And mm -hmm. you, it was your idea to start that or your whole family together or? Well, it's funny that it went like this. Basically, I wanted to get into seal coating uh, because that was the area I knew from Sealmaster and, and the Thorsons. Uh, so I was not into the paving world at all. I didn't know anything about it. Um, but my father I was bouncing my ideas off him. I was like, Hey, I think I'm going to do this. And we're I'm looking at this equipment and you know, uh, I'm going to do this. And like a day or two passes and he calls me and says, Hey, you know, there's actually this local company for sale that's been around for like 32, 33 years. Um, I know some people and this, he's like, this would be an awesome opportunity for me and you to do it together. And we could do it with, you know, it'd be a better learning opportunity than just going out there and, doing it yourself and trying to learn the hard way, or you can learn with all these people that have been doing it for 32 years on multiple different facets of the business. And yeah, it's been a hell of a learning experience. I have learned that the bad days at the racetrack are so much better than having a real job. So, so, so uh, it's put everything in perspective. It really has. Wow. That's really, really interesting. Thanks for sharing that. Um, yeah. If someone blatantly wrecked you to win a race, would you interrupt their celebration? And, uh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm calling back to my previous advice here. Don't do anything uh, rash, <laughs> but, but, but I might have a rash judgment and may want to go try to fight. I, <laughs> I have, a, I have a bad habit of, of liking to fight and, um, it's probably bad. It's definitely bad, but. But, but if I get wrecked, I feel like it's justified. Like, Hey, you just dumped me for the win. I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't fight. I don't know what I would do in that situation, Jeff. 
I don't know what I would do. I, I feel like I know I would be angry enough to want to fight, but I know that it's a really dumb thing to do. So as long as I've got some good people around me and I have my head on straight for the night, I don't think I'll do it. Um, as far as interrupting celebrations, probably not because that seems kind of trashy, I guess. I would maybe wait until they are back at their hauler and the cameras are away and say we'd have a conversation. And then, hey, if he pushes me, then I'll push back and we'll see where it goes. I don't. I Yeah, that's a tough question. Why do you think you have the fighting uh, gene or characteristic? What, what, what about you makes you want to defend yourself or stand up for yourself in that way, I guess? Uh, I think some of it goes back to when I was younger. Um, I have regrets from when I was younger, when I, I got bullied a little bit in school and I regretted not standing up for myself at those times. And then as I got older, uh, I started boxing and, and getting into kind of MMA and enjoying that sport. I never did MMA per se. I got into boxing really, but it was at MMA gym. So I had a few of the coaches were, you know, trying to teach me some of that stuff too. And I don't know, I found that a very fun sport i found it very pure the way that it's kind of one-on-one and a lot of people see like my wife thinks the whole sport is kind of barbaric and she's like i just don't understand how it's a sport you're just beating the snot out of the other person that doesn't make sense (laughs) to me it's it's so pure in the sense that it's um it's man versus man or woman versus woman and you are there's a strategy that goes to it and there's reflexes and there's so much that goes to it it's not like you're just not thinking you know, you're picking up on the subtle cues just like you would at a race of what this person's going to do before they do it. If this person's got, you know, they're got a, a rhythm going on. Well, well, dang, they just exposed a huge weakness to you. Right. So I don't know. And that doesn't necessarily apply in real life, I guess. But um, maybe some of that's my childhood. The fact that I regretted allowing people to take advantage of me. And um, I know when, early on when I got into racing, I was the youngest guy in multiple series. As I was going up the ladder, I was always typically the youngest guy. And I was taken advantage of usually the first this second year until I would kind of establish myself a little bit or I'd start kind of forcing my way around on the track more. And I learned that I was always a lot more angry when I let people take advantage of my me. And I was angry with myself. I was just angry in general. And when I started giving it back, I could leave the track and I, I didn't carry that anger with me. So maybe that's a bad way to say it, but yeah, life experiences. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that, that makes sense to me. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, 
Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Um, what movie do you think you've seen the most times over the last year? I literally just had the answer to this in my head yesterday. Uh, probably, goodness. Mm, probably The Kingsman or Gods of Egypt. Okay. Kind of a weird combination. <laughs> no, you're, you're the first um, non-dad, at least currently non-dad, that I've talked to this year. So most of the other answers have been all like kid movies and stuff. So Oh, really? Uh, yeah, because the dads end up having to watch the kid movies. Uh, they don't get to watch the movies that they really want to watch. So, um, mm. yeah, so that was a real, that was a real movie answer, you know, like I haven't really gotten many of those so far. So that's, that's good. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, when you think about NASCAR five years from now, uh, what are you the most optimistic about and what worries you the most? So what I immediately thought of right there was the Coliseum race in LA uh, I think there was a lot of positivity and optimism coming from that, even for the old school racers. I'm a little bit old school, but I, I certainly know a lot of old school racers who were actually really impressed with that event. Um, I thought it was a win for sure. So I'm optimistic about NASCAR's ability to get back to the roots and run short tracks that appeals to old school racers, but also the ability to, you know, make the of the race an event where you, they have this entire venue and they've got artists and and people out there just, I don't know, appealing to all different types and different interests and bringing people together through the sport of racing. I think NASCAR's really got their finger on the pulse for that. And they're really trying to, you know, work that angle. And I'm really optimistic about that. The thing I'm probably um, most troubled by would be maybe the economics of NASCAR still. Mm -hmm. um, it's not like a normal sport where, you know, it doesn't cost that much to, to do this. Well, I mean, we're all looking at gas prices. It costs an exorbitant amount to move these haulers as it is. Uh, prices are going up on everything. It's getting harder and harder. It's been it's been hard for a long time actually to get to get real partners, uh, not through like a B two B play. Um, you know, it's it's not like the old days that I hear about where people are calling you up and wanting to throw cash at your team because we want to be in NASCAR. You know, like there's we're competing against so many different types of media now. It's Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and YouTube and targeted Google ads and um, TikTok influencers and, um, you know, TV ads and reality TV and uh, radio. I, I don't know. There's a lot that we compete against. So I'm still a little bit troubled, I guess, about the economics of it. But um, heck, outside looking in, the truck series is as strong as ever um, or is as strong as it's been in the last decade, at least. So I don't know. What do I know? <laughs> No, those are, those are some really good points for sure. Um, a magic genie appears and offers you the chance to go back to the beginning of your racing career and start all over, but you get to retain all the knowledge and experience you have now. So do you accept the offer to go back and start over or do you stay in the present? I feel like bad things come from that. I feel like that's kind of like making a deal with the devil. Um, don't get me wrong. I find that I could make a whole lot of other moves, but there's no guarantee that those moves would be better 
it kind of goes like the grass is always greener on the other side. Mm -hmm. Uh, No doubt I could have more wins by knowing what I know now, no doubt, but where would I be and who would I be racing for? I'm very happy with where I'm at in my life. I'm very happy with racing with door sports. So I wouldn't want to make moves that would make me end up somewhere else um, necessarily. So, yeah, I don't know if I would take that offer. Um, I really don't. I'm, I'm, I think there's a certain, I think there's a certain thing that's lost in human nature with being content and grateful for your opportunities and where you are. And I know I'm not always like that. And I still wrestle with that doubt and stuff, but I do think I have enough wisdom to say, Hey, gratitude's good. The grass isn't always greener and enjoy where you're at because it's a journey and we're all going to die one day. So, you know, yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, that's very true. I think I want to print that out and, uh, look at it daily. as like a mantra type thing. I like that philosophy, you know, that's good. That's <laughs> oh, well, thanks. <laughs> um, so each week, uh, I ask a driver to give me a question for the next person. And the last one was with Corey LaJoy and he knew this was for you. And his question is, um, what was the biggest watershed moment of your career where something happened? And if that thing had not happened, it would have been the end of your driving career. Do you have a moment like that? Well, the problem is just trying to narrow them down. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, there's moments for sure. I think all of us have them. And if you have just one, I think you're probably lucky. Um, I think there's definitely, there's definitely more than one for me. You know, the biggest one, it was basically January, 2018. Um, I was done racing and I retired and that's when I went into HVAC school. Uh, I already had basically told everybody goodbye. You know, it was nice knowing you all. Thanks for all the hard work. And, you know, I won't be a stranger. I'll still come and see you guys every once in a while. And they cut the seat rails out of the trucks. Um, And uh, I got a call back a couple days later from Duke saying, hey, you know, I still really would like you to run our trucks. Let's let's we'll we'll figure something out. Just, you know, let's get your seats back in and we'll we'll figure we'll find we'll find the sponsorship from somewhere. And, um, basically the only, that's what I say all the time. I tell people all the time, the only reason I'm racing is because of Duke and Rhonda allowed it. If, uh, you know, if they told me tomorrow that, Hey, you know, it was a good run. And, and I would just say, thank you. Like I wasn't expecting to be here. I was expecting to be fixing air conditioners right now. Uh, and you know, walk-in units and big chillers (laughs) and not, not, not at a race shop, you know, with the championship to my name. So, yeah, I'm just that's it goes back to the whole question you asked me before. What I'm just grateful to be where I'm at because it's been a hell of a journey and I had a lot of those moments and the big one that I officially retired. I was retired for like 5 days a week. Uh my whole mood changed. I was looking elsewhere and I was done. And out of the blue, completely out of the blue, I get a call back and um I didn't really think I had any opportunities in the sport, so I wasn't even going to try to pursue them. Um, I just said, you know, this has been hard enough. It's been a huge mental toll on me. I won't even pursue any other opportunities. I'll just retire now and just hang the hat up, and maybe I could be successful in something other avenue in my life. And if I play the same energy, I'm sure I could find success. But the mental toll that I'm having this, I just got to do something else. And luckily, luckily, I got a phone call. <sighs> Wow. Here I am. <laughs> wow. 
that's a heck of a story. That definitely gives a lot deeper meaning to uh, all you've accomplished and everything. That's that's really I, I did not know that. That's really fascinating. Um, yeah, it's um, it's not fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not fun. And that's how I that's how I go through everything. I just kind of laugh at it. <laughs> so wow. sorry. Um, so I don't know who the next interview is with quite yet. Um, so you can either give me a question that I can ask any driver. Or when I know who it is, um, I can check back with you. And if you want to, if you want to personalize it for them, it's up to you. Yeah. Check back with me when you know who it is. Cause I would love to personalize it. I think that's more fun. Okay. Um, yeah. Definitely more fun. I'll try my best to personalize it anyways, without, without making them upset. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That works. Well, thank you for taking so much time to do this. It was great to have you on here. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's really been fun to see your whole journey so far uh, i feel like i've at least standing off the sidelines gotten to see from the moment you walked into the sport till now so it's it's cool it's really cool to watch you know so thanks well, thank you jeff well thank you and hey it's been really fun getting to know you over the years because you've been a rock star like absolute rock star killing it so sounds good nice to see you, jeffrey you too thank you i appreciate it <laughs> have a good one see you thank you all right everybody there you have it and uh we had one reference in there to his uh sort of drunk press conference uh, last year when he was drinking the Bud Lights and he called me Jeffrey on the stage. And I had said that that was only, only my uh, close family members called me Jeffrey and uh, now Ben Rhodes as well. So he got one in there and uh, even, even uh, not drinking the Bud Lights while he was doing that. But uh, I also do know the next question or the next interview and uh, that's going to be with AJ Allmendinger and Ben has already submitted that question. So it is being in a position of experience at colleague. How do you balance being a leader slash coach for your teammates and still being their competitor? So I will ask that to AJ Allmendinger on next week's 12 questions heading into the circuit of the Americas weekend where Allmendinger will certainly be a factor. Well, I sure hope you enjoyed that interview with Ben Rhodes. I mean, just such a fascinating story uh, between his retirement or near retirement and, um, you know, the paving company that he has with his family. I had no idea about that. Uh, baby news. I don't think we've ever dropped baby news on the 12 questions before. So uh, definitely, definitely a unique one and uh, just a refreshing personality that he has. And he's still a young guy. So uh, maybe his journey's not over yet. Uh, maybe there's a chance he can still, you know, move up sort of the ranks uh, into the Cup Series at some point, although he se certainly seems very, very happy uh, with where he's at in trucks. Anyway, if you like these 12 questions interviews, of course, you can subscribe to The Athletic to read them or listen to them when they first come out instead of the delayed version. Uh, and you can do that by going to theathletic.com slash 12 questions. You should see the latest deal there. And I believe right now, last I saw, it's like $1 a month for the first six months for new subscribers. Again, thanks so much for listening. And I will talk to you next time on the 12 Questions Podcast.